Nuclear. Now is it Crick or Creek? Coyote or Coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. You guys sent me a a quote again this week, and it's from the Chicago Tribune. It's uh, an article about the comedian Eric Griffin, and I will uh, read this quote now. When asked to share a story about the worst moment in his career, Griffin talked about yet another interaction with a noisome audience member. And Griffin says, Nick Kroll was on stage trying to deal with it, and the guy just kept interrupting and interjecting. It was ruining the night. Uh, The word here that we are going to deal with is noisome, and I'm going to say you guys are going to end up stumping me ultimately on this. In the context of this, it makes it sound a little bit like they mean the audience member was noisy, and I know that's not what noisome means. Um, I have at one point in my life known what noisome means, but I'm a little embarrassed to say that I've kind of forgotten. Uh, I A little part of me feels like it means kind of kind of uh, bothersome or disruptive, which which kind of would fit in this sentence, but I, honestly, I, j- I just don't remember, so you tell me. Well, you did pretty well. <laughs> um, <laughs> noisome means actually smelly, mainly. So if he was trying to say that this audience member that was heckling him had like bad body odor or something, he would have been correct. It does also kind of mean annoying. It can mean disagreeable or unpleasant as well as a second definition. So in that sense, I think Fletcher is correct. But typically the something annoying is that it's characterized by foulness or noxiousness. That's true. That is true. (laughs) But I would say you could still, I don't think it's stretching it too much to say annoying or noxious in that sense would be I think that can also be considered correct in that case. And it comes actually from the Latin in odio, which means it is hateful or bad to me. So I think the the etymology also indicates that obnoxious is all right to say as well, I think. But the thing that fascinates me is most people assume that it means noisy because you've got the word noise. It looks like the word noise is in there. You think that the N-O-I-S is like it's just a shortened form of N-O-I-S-E, correct? Oh, completely. And I think that it, I mean, and that's a real problem because I mean, we, I, we, Kathy and I both have read numerous accounts where people mispronounce it or misuse it that way. There, the place was packed with happy, noisome diners. Now, that does, <laughs> that's a review of a restaurant, which does not come across too well. They could, uh, they could have been really happy but had really bad hygiene, you know. <laughs> I can see how this would really be a problem because, because yes, it, it looks like it would have something to do with noise. And I can certainly understand why uh, people might misuse it that way. But, but clearly, that's just not what the word means. And, and as Ross mentioned, uh, the entire root of the word doesn't have anything to do with that. Exactly. This is one of those words, I think, it reminds me a little bit of bemused, amused. Um, oh, certainly. And we're going to go to some other words. But where people think it's a classier way of saying noisy. And it's like you fall into the trap of trying to sound smart. And you end up using a word incorrectly and not sounding quite as smart as you hope to. Uh, I think you nailed it right there. That that's exactly right. People think it's a, a classier way, and, and and that definitely goes to the amused, bemused thing as well. Uh, 
bemused is um sort of uh curious i mean like it's a little you you're a little um not exactly confused by something but um well you're transfixed by something i think you're bewildered you're puzzled and uh, yeah and it's not it is not amused i think kathy is and you and fletcher are correct though people i think try to use these large words in an attempt i think to be to sound more educated fulsom comes to mind immediately to me. Folsom is what I, I feel like I keep on thinking I'm sorry guys I just have to be the first like, I kept thinking of the Folsom prison blues a la Johnny Cash and I came up with when I was a young boy my father told me son always speak correctly don't misuse Folsom sorry. <laughs> I, think we I might, apologize we for might that. be able to cut you a record deal Kathy <laughs> <laughs> Well, so so tell me about tell me about Folsom. Uh, what's how are people misusing that, and and how how is it properly used? This is one that's a little bit debatable, and I'm going to come on the side of being a prescriptivist. I think we should stick with the definition that is considered basically to be correct. Folsom, first of all, it's a, it's an English word. Some means um, full means obviously complete. Some means full of complete. So it means sort of. It technically could it used to mean um, copious or abundant, but now it tends to mean has a negative sort of uh, feel to it. It means like a little overabundant, cloying, excessive, and I think that should be used to use as the correct way. What do you think, Kathy? I agree. Well, it's I just like going back to the history of the word. It did initially mean plentiful or abundant, then it started getting a little more negative and meant overfed and fleshy. And then it became arousing disgust or offensive. And they think it might be because overeating causes nausea. So you, you're so full, it's, it's, it's an unpleasant thing. So then it just became the, and now it's mainly used to mean ex offensively or effusively praising, like flattering overly. So when you say like fulsome praise, it's not just like a lot of praise. It's like you're overdoing it. You're kind of brown nosing. And that's like the most commonly used, um, or most commonly correctly used. Although nowadays it's also being used now to mean fulsome praise is a lot of praise. And this is why I have a debate. Miriam Webster, for example, says it doesn't really matter which way you use it. They say some critics disapprove of using it in the original copious sense because they feel it's not negative. They say it doesn't matter. You can use it either to mean copious or you mean too much. And then they suggest, helpfully, to avoid misinterpretation, either be sure the context in which you use the word um, makes the intended meaning clear or choose a different word. Now, I don't understand the purpose of using the word where you have to be careful of the context to be understood. Why bother using it? I think the word does now have a precise meaning of being overly praise or overly cringingly praiseworthy and I think that's a good usage well the interesting thing to me oh, I'm going to do twofold first of all the fascinating thing I think about Folsom is that it started out positive became negative now it's becoming positive again which leads to the next thing we've talked before about skunked words and this one to me is totally skunked because it's like you don't know anymore it's are you say when you say Folsom praise I found an example it was uh back when Rex Tillerson remember him vaguely was Secretary of State and he talked about a phone call between President Trump and uh, President Putin and said it was a very fulsome conversation which it could you could take it either way in that case so it's so confusing I agree with you Ross I would avoid it Isaac Asimov, it was funny because I just, I just looked at this thing. Isaac Asimov said, using it in the positive sense, 
is one of my favorite criteria of illiteracy. <laughs> but I, I think so, too. I think if we can't, we have to figure out by context what it means. Why should we bother using the word of all at all? And the other interesting thing I was just going to say, I just noticed this, too, from in Canadian, in a Canadian journal. I think it's used to sound cool, to sound more intellectual. There's a, a government official who said, few authorities to this point are very helpful. The degree of analysis is now more involved when a more fulsome consideration is given to the legislation. Now, why can't you just say a more full consideration in that case? Or fuller, I would just say. Not even more full. Make it one word. Good good editing there. Thank you. <laughs> I was just going to say, though, these are both the thing that... I agree with you, Ross. There's no question in my mind that it is still like trying to sound smarter and then you end up sounding stupider. But these, the problem, I think, with both words is it's a, it, the spelling seems to indicate something. And, and so you go with that, like, like noisy, noisome, you know, full, fulsome. It, it, and then we go to the next one that we were going to talk about, which is enormity, which is another case where you look at enormity and it just looks like enormous. And you go, oh, it's a fancy enormous. Whereas enormity really means like the enormity of his crimes. It has more of a negative connotation. The, and that's, I think, how it should be used. But it's still, it still sort of deals uh, with scale, right? I mean, it, the enormity of his crimes is, is talking about, I guess, the the large scale of his crimes, or the 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 in that in that negative sense, the the heinous nature of his crimes. Yeah, I would say enormousness means big in any sense. Enormity means bad big. To make it simple, I think. Well, I just wanted to say that we used it incorrectly in our own book. <laughs> Where we wrote about enormity and how to use it correctly, we in the introduction um, referred to a myriad plethora staggering, staggering number or enormity of words. And I don't think we were talking about a, a bad big words. So, I mean, we go back to just how easy it is oh, to Oh, I misuse. think we were because we had plethora in there, too. Plethora means an overabundance as well. I thought I thought what we were but saying we there that myriad. English is so full of la of so full of words that it's overstuffed with words. Maybe that's a bad okay. defense. But I think someone's weaseling here. I'm sticking okay. with it. <laughs> well, so did enormity originally have a negative connotation, or has it just come to come to be that way? Oh, it initially it just initially just meant a large amount. No, no, no. I have Ross. Okay, now, but I have both of them came from the Latin ex norma out of normal bounds and they initially were sort of negative but in the 1500s enormous became good when enormity retained the meaning of excess my gosh you're right it is it is ex norma yeah. so it was a bad enormity has always been a bad big enormous was first a bad big and then became just a big you're right you're right ex norma would be out of a legal deviation from the norm Enormity, mm -hmm. yes, enormitas would be irregularity, actually, in Latin. Excellent. You're correct. Thank you. Wow. So <laughs> so one of them, enormous, uh, just turned into a neutral word, essentially, and enormity kept that negative connotation. That's really fascinating. But now the interesting thing, we go back to, like, do you use it or not? Merriam-Webster, yet again, says that there's no clear basis for the, quote, rule, unquote, as they put it. Uh, that enormity has to be a negative. They say that writers use enormity with a richness and subtlety that critics have failed to take account of, and the stigmatized sense is just, has just arisen and it's only been around for a century and a half, and why bother? But then you've got other people falling in the camp where I actually fall into. I, I think, why use enormity when you can just use enormous? 
um, if you're not being positive. New York Times manual style says don't use a Normandy. Chicago manual style, American heritage. Um, so I, I, I tend to think that you should differentiate. I agree. I think, I mean, we're, the purpose of language is to clearly communicate. And if we have words that mean certain things, I think we should, as much as possible, stick with that meaning to be clear. Obviously, as Kathy was saying earlier, with skunked words, word meanings change over time. But we're not on a continuum. We're here and now. And then here and now, I think words can have a fairly definite meaning if, if we so require. So do you think any of these words are words that we should use? I suppose if we're, if we're writing and we're trying to write um, interesting or elegant prose, then maybe we do. But, but again, conversation, I mean, can you imagine using any of these words? Not really. I mean, maybe enormity and, and maybe enormity incorrectly. But I mean, enormity of his crimes, I think I can see using. If uh, Fulsome, I don't think I would ever use. And noisome, I, I don't think I would ever use either. I mean, I do see it in print, you know, referring to like a swamp or, you know, a, a, a slum or something like that. But and I do think it adds a certain texture. But in, in conversation, no, I don't think I'd ever say, you know, yeah, I was walking down the street. and Boy, was it noisome. I mean, if I did, I think people would look at me very oddly, personally. That actually, that reminds me. Years ago, I was gonna, I was joining this Boy Scout troop, and there were a bunch of tough guys in it, and um, we were outside, and uh, we were like in a shelter, and there was pouring rain, and I said, as the rains gradually s slowed down, and I said, "My, the rain seems to have subsided," and I had like four guys sneer at me, subside. I had to get into a fight to like <laughs> prove that I was okay as a guy. <laughs> because you said subsided? I said, my, the rain seems to be subsiding. Well, the my makes it even more annoying, i got to say. <laughs> oh, my. I would have beaten you up. I literally got into a fight and I had to like win the fight so I could be like accepted. It was horrible. I never said subsiding. I think I, think I stopped saying subsiding for 10 years. But I agree with Kathy. I would never use any of these words uh, in normal conversation. Actually, I'd be concerned about using them in, in literature as well at this point, because both noisome and um, fulsome have two different meanings for different people. And you'd want to be very sure that people understand what you're saying. And as I was saying before, you want to be clear when you when you communicate. And if people have difficulties understanding what you're saying, you're certainly not being clear. Yeah, it really seems like these are just going to cause confusion rather than uh, add any subtlety to what you're saying. I think so. I definitely think so. And I also think, personally, they do end up, I mean, no offense to Ross, who sounds like he was a little stodgy child right then, but I do think that they run the risk of that as well. I mean, it, it's A, it's humorous if you're using them incorrectly and you're trying hard to sound like, you know, erudite. But secondly, they just sound stuffy, I think. I mean, I, I, I like a more muscular English anyway, and I would just avoid them like the plague personally, to use a trite cliche. Yeah, actually, I had one too. I'm looking for it right now. I just saw it. It was a, it was a, it was a New York Times article where noisome was used. And I was debating, was it used correctly or incorrectly? And I, I put it in it's our thing. It's funny that you say that. When I was looking for a good sentence, that's one of the problems you go, we go back to because they can, you can kind of think, um, oh, here, I had one right here. Or you had one right here, Russ. Is this the one? It's a um, noisome about adults playing children's scary game. Um, yeah, that was one of them, but I had another one too. Well, here it because here it says it's a sprawling, scabrous spectacle. That was noisome it. installations and hilarious videos. That that was it. Read it, Kathy. Okay, it says adults playing children's scary games. The Los Angeles veteran Mike Kelly's latest show is a sprawling, scabrous spectacle of noisome installations and hilarious videos. 
a brainy, abrasive, black-humored, uh, perversely entertaining, uh, an attempted work of satanic rituals and advertising jingles, which sounds like something I'd never want to see, but that's beside the point. Accompanying musical numbers in helter-skelter genres, image, text, and music often clashing in, 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 intentionally. So now noisome could mean loud. That's what I thought. When I looked at it, I think that the, the writer had, it in the, had the meaning of loud in there, but he has scabrous as well, which is, which is a little over-the-top usage of a word, too. And he's trying to show a clanging, clashing. And I was thinking, was, did he mean noise him in the sense of obnoxious in that sense as well? I don't know. And I think that's the danger of using the word. Ugh, that entire lead sounded overstuffed to me. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I'm not bemused. <laughs> <laughs> and I think another problem I think we do have now is English is an inter international language. And I think that precision in that case can be very important and the opposite can be very dangerous. If, you know, you're referring to someone, uh, if you say, I get, like Kathy was saying earlier, fulsome praise, if someone has learned very correct English, they might presume, oh my gosh, and they might get annoyed at the whole thing. I, I, English is a diplomatic language as well, and I think precision is important there too. So I think we need to be very clear about what we mean when we say what we say. I agree. I, I'm just I'm just thinking because the problem we go back to though the real problem I think is 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 twofold. A, you're trying to sound smart. B, you don't know what you're using and and you're using it incorrectly. And C, as you just said, Russ, because there are competing meanings, the danger of of, of being misconstrued is is huge. It's enormous. I would say as opposed to enormity, it is enormity. But um, I, I I think though that. In a funny way, I think that things like, and this is where I'm going to go out on a limb, things like Merriam-Webster, I know that people say, well, you know, English changes and we should do it. I, I don't understand, though, the saying, well, there's no rule, so just, just use it, you know, and let it let it become the positive word now or whatever, If it because of the danger of mis, being misinterpreted. Uh, it seems like a dangerous thing, as you just said. Oh, certainly. I, I, I think about that with foreign languages. When I've been in France or in Egypt... And, you know, I really try to get my meetings down precisely because I can insult people very easily in various languages because I don't know the languages as well as I should. And I, I mean, I recall one time it was at a restaurant in Egypt, a friend of mine it was a very fancy restaurant, and he used a word for the waiter that the waiter took as meaning, hey, you, hey, boy, come here. And the waiter got really offended because and it was technically correct in a different context. And that's why I think the danger is in English, you know, with the words that we use. I think it depends on the word, because I was going to say, like, fortuitous is another word that's it's often misused. People assume, because it's fortuitous, it sounds like fortune, that it means, like, you know, good luck. Something's a fortunate thing. And it actually, I think, just means by chance, correct? Yes. But that's not, that to me is like, okay, you mess up on that. It's it's okay. I mean, I know technically you're not right, but... There, I don't think you run the risk of, 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 of offending someone. So, I, you know, I would let that one slide. But I would think something like enormity, fulsome in particular. Fulsome and noisome, I think, are the two toughies. Yeah, I love, I love the language because of how nuanced you can be with it. Because we have so many words that have slightly different meanings. But I do think that this is a good example of, of sometimes having... Uh, maybe too many words or at least words that have sort of outlasted their usefulness and and just are are only going to cause confusion now that could be i do think, I think though that right. both were but i do think both words were at least once quite useful fulsome praise really 
in the in the pejorative sense, I think it's a wonderful. Fulsome is wonderful as an adjective in that case. Because what else would you say? Overly praised, cringingly, unctuous, obsequious, like unctuous. Say. Yeah, unctuous praise is good. I agree. But I thought Fulsome was pretty good for that one. Noisome, I don't think really is particularly useful. Smelly kids, you know, just say they're smelly or whatever. I don't know. But the only thing I've got to say with noisome is like, you know, if you see it like in a news article about, you know, like a garbage tri- strike or something or a canal that hasn't been cleaned, it, there's, it, to me, it's very evocative. I mean, if you know what it means, because if you think it means noisy, you'd be a little confused about what those garbage bags are doing. But Yeah, you really it, have to know what it means. Yeah, actually, come to think of it. So then I wonder about that one. Come, yeah, okay, just say, just say smelly. But smelly <laughs> doesn't sound as good. I don't like it. <laughs> but it is interesting how what, what Fletcher was saying about the specificity of English in some degree. It was interesting because we were looking up uh, noisome, and I, I looked up, I found, I was telling Kathy about this earlier, winsome, which is not a very common word nowadays, and it has the same thing, the sum, full of. And winsome means attractive or feel or appealing in experience, appearance or character, full of good joy. Win used to mean joy, but it means very attractive as a person. And it's not very well much used, except interestingly enough, in evangelical Christianity, where it's all over the place. And that was sort of really? interesting because it was a dead word. In the 17th century, it came back, God give thee win. And then a bunch of poets picked it up in the 1800s. And then suddenly now, most recently, it's all over Christianity. Really? Like, in what sense? I'm, this is interesting. Well, someone wrote a, a I noticed this, someone wrote a, an angry letter saying uh, Christians are misusing the word to say, like, win some for Christ, i.e. win for Christ. And it <laughs> has nothing to do with win. That's pretty bad. But I actually checked a lot of um, evangelical sources, and they're actually using it to some degree correctly and as like a pun. The idea of being uh, of being an extremely attractive person to show your personality and character to be so exemplary that you want to become a Christian. So in that sense, you're winsome in the sense of you're you're have a winning character, and that then as the pun wins others for Christ. So they seem to actually know what it means, and they're using it correctly, and then playing off of the the pun. And win has nothing to do in win and winsome has nothing to do with winning at all comes from W-Y-N, meaning, as I said before, joy. But they're making it a pun as winning for Christ. And I mean, just Google it. You'll see it, win, win some for Christ, win some here, win some there, etc. And it's all over. Wow, I had That's no idea. Yeah. Nor I. So go back go back and remind me what that, that suffix sum means. It's characterized by being. So it means it's characterized by being joyful. Or that which is... I guess I don't know what what I would suggest people do. Uh, I mean, maybe we should just know what words mean, but also we, we operate a lot uh, on context clues in our lives um, because, because we don't know what every word means that people use. Um, so it's, it's hard for me really to criticize anybody, but at the same time, it, it's, it just, again, it causes a lot of confusion. I think so, because you're right. The problem is, is if you're reading, like, okay, articles, uh, and you see fulsome used in what appears to be a positive or, or just like a, a um, what's what I'm looking for, like a, a, a non-judgmental way, you would think, okay, yeah, fulsome means full, and it's it's a nicer way of saying full. So if you're if you're learning by, by context, as you just said, yeah, it's, it's very simple to keep making the mistake. And that's where 
we go back to the lack of copy editing and, and, and so forth nowadays, causing a real problem, I think. And then you do have to cut people some slack then. If you're seeing it in the Times, for example, you go, okay, it must mean that. Which is where language changes, though, as well. Because after a while, we can't all have copy editors following us about. So gradually, even if we, use the, if we do use the word quote incorrectly, it gradually changes meaning. And I think that when we're in this weird kind of in-between phase, we, as we are with noisome and fulsome, it's probably best if we want to be clear to avoid those words. Well, we go back to the skunked, the, the fact that they're skunked now, and you just wait. Yep, we wait 100 years. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petrus's newest book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetrus.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Oh, and one more thing, or some more things. I got to wondering about words that end with that some suffix, and of course, specifically about words that don't mean what they look like. And first of all, it turns out there are a lot of S-O-M-E words, and also most of them actually do mean what they look like they mean. So I'm just going to run through a few I found interesting, whether they mean what they look like or not. Isom, as in your eye, E-Y-E, is something that is, yes, pleasing to the eye. Something that's toysome is either full of toys or has the character of a toy, sort of whimsical or playful. Boresome is basically the same as boring, so I don't know why you wouldn't just say boring. A dog might be fleesome, as in full of fleas. Oh, poor pup. Toothsome is a really good one. That's something that tastes pleasant. You know meddlesome, like someone who's meddling in your business, but be careful if you hear someone say it that they're not actually saying mettlesome, M-E-T-T-L-E, because that's actually something that's spirited or lively, which is also not exactly what I would have expected that word to mean had I known before right now that it exists. Longsome does mean exactly what it looks like. It's something that's, well, long. Although I have to say I sort of expected that one to have something to do with longing after something or someone I should have just figured it would be what it looked like. And there are definitely a whole bunch more, but my very favorite one of all is this word, ugsome. Now, it's spelled U-G-S-O-M-E, but what is ugsome? The OED says it's something that's horrible, horrid, or loathsome. So, yeah, something that would make you say, ugh.